Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is February 25th, 2022, and our first story, Russia has issued a threat to Sweden and Finland should they join NATO saying there would be serious military and political repercussions, which many are saying is a veiled threat of war. I think it's kind of overt. And there have been a lot of strange military actions in the Baltic, which leads Sweden to believe Russia could be targeting them next. In our next story, a viral clip of Alex Jones accurately predicting a major war in February. Propaganda is all around you, and we need to understand why censorship is so important to the establishment elites. And in our last story, Six in 10 Democrats believe defending Ukraine's border is more important than our own. To me, I'm sorry, that's insane. Now, if you like the show, give us a good review, leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. As the war in Ukraine continues to escalate, the question on the minds of many people Will this become World War III? Already, we've heard the U.S. has prepared cyber attacks against Russia. That would mean the U.S. directly attacking Russia. Now, that may just mean war in Europe or regional war. But the fear is whether or not China gets involved, whether or not China moves on Taiwan, whether or not other adversaries of the U.S. side with what they call the Dragon Bear, the Russia-China alliance. Well, we have more information suggesting there could be a World War III, but full disclosure, that may just be a buzzword, and there's actually reason to believe that this could end fairly quickly. First, Russia has issued an ominous warning to Finland and Sweden should they join NATO, saying there would be serious military and political repercussions. Now, Sweden's already worried about military action from Russia in the Baltic Sea. Finland is also worried, not as worried, and both Finland and Sweden are talking about joining NATO and some kind of response over what's happening in Ukraine. The simple answer, the simple issue here, Putin may not have the ability to actually wage a war on multiple fronts. Russia is not that big of uh, of an economy. So this could all be bluster. It could be the death rattle of a once great superpower. Russia certainly is no longer where they were even 30 years ago. And now we're getting news that Russia has issued a statement, a medical alert, calling on people to prepare for a mass casualty event. Now, to some, 
This means they're getting ready for a full scale war potentially in Europe, something more substantial than just the invasion of Ukraine. Why would Russia need medical personnel in Russia if all they're doing is a minor incursion, so they say, into Ukraine? Well, there's a few reasons. One, Russia is currently being attacked by Ukraine. Ukraine says that they have launched a missile strike hitting an airfield in South Russia. Russia may be preparing for an attack on its own territory, or if they actually invade other countries in the Baltic region, there would be a direct response into Russia, perhaps Finland. Or maybe they're planning on expanding outside of Ukraine into, say, Poland, or maybe even a stronger presence in Belarus. We don't know. But simply because they're preparing for a mass casualty event doesn't necessarily mean they're planning on expanding the war. It could mean they're planning on losing it. It could mean that they want to make sure they can handle mass casualties because they're going to lose. Now, I don't know if Russia would plan on engaging in war if they thought they would lose, but maybe it's being reported now. They did not expect such fierce resistance in Ukraine and the reporting out of Ukraine suggests that Russia is getting beaten down badly. Now it is still predicted that Ukraine will fall. Kiev will will fall under Russian control, but not without severe damage. And then when it changes to a resistance movement against an occupying force, Russia is going to need all the help it can get. It won't be so easy. So with that being said, I'm not so convinced we will see the emergence of World War III just in Europe, but far be it for me to pretend to be an expert on these things beyond just what you know I've experienced on the ground, what my sources say. There's a lot of people with a, with a, with a higher, higher altitude view of what's going on. But there is a potential for World War III with China. Already the U.S. has tried talking with China, saying, hey, let's, let's, let's simmer this thing down. China said, no. China supports Russia. China wants to take Taiwan. They will not back the U.S. They'll blame the U.S. and they are. So it's hard to know for sure. A lot of people want to have their normalcy bias. It can't happen. Many others want to have their optimism bias. Oh, that won't happen. Things like that can't happen. But the reality is you shouldn't have any bias. There's a real possibility that this becomes an international conflict. The pieces are all lining up. And now more and more individuals in Europe are supporting the idea of removing Russia from the swift payment system. This would cut them off from international trade, basically telling Russia, you got nothing left to lose. Now, of course, their economy isn't that big. I don't know if they can sustain such a large war if they do engage Sweden or Finland. But what if they have nothing left to lose? What if they put everything they have into war? Well, as they say, In a pissing contest, no one wins. You just get covered in piss. So it may be that Russia just goes out with a bang and they drag us down with them. They may not have the economy to sustain a ground war, but they do have nuclear weapons. And the fear is Putin will use them. But let's read through this news, get into the nitty gritty details to figure out what's going on. And before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member if you would like to support these videos, support my work and our journalists. Our journalists are employed Thanks to all of you as members. It's how we run the website. If you want to see our reporters do more work, and if you want to see exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast available only to members, then go to TimCast.com. Up in the right side, you can see sign up. 
hit that button, sign up and become a member, help support our work. But don't forget, you can also smash that like button right now, subscribe to this channel on YouTube and share this video or this show wherever you can. If you can't become a member, but you do want to help us out, sharing is powerful. It's beyond the power of a marketing budget. We don't do any marketing. We just rely on organic growth because y'all think the videos we produce and the content we write is good and other people should hear it. And that helps make our operation grow. So we're eternally grateful. Let's read the first story from Newsweek. Russia's foreign ministry spokeswoman has said that Moscow would have to respond if Sweden and Finland intended to join NATO. Maria Zakharova held a press conference on Friday and reflected on the ongoing conflict in Ukraine and the intentions of Russia going forward. A clip of her speech has begun to go viral on social media as she appears to issue a threat aimed at Sweden and Finland, saying it would have serious military political repercussions. The video has amassed over 300,000 views. Finland and Sweden should not base their security, damaging the security of other countries. Clearly, the ascension of Finland and Sweden into NATO, which is first and foremost a military alliance, would have serious military repercussions. That would demand a response from our country, she said. This comes after Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky confirmed the country was receiving support from both nations. Discussed with the Finnish president, countering the aggressor, informed about our our defense, insidious shelling of Kiev, he wrote in a tweet on Friday. Grateful to Finland for allocating $50 million in aid. It's an effective contribution to the anti-war coalition. We keep working. We need to increase sanction and Ukraine defense support. He later tweeted, Sweden provides military, technical and humanitarian assistance to Ukraine. Grateful to Swedish Prime Minister Magdalena Andersson for her effective support. Building an anti-Putin coalition together. The Twitter pages of the Finnish president and Swedish Prime Minister condemned Russia after hearing news of the invasion. Now, I've said it before. I don't think Vladimir Putin can handle war in Ukraine, Sweden and Finland, because then you're basically going to have you're going to have all of Europe saying, you know what? We're in this. However, Sweden and Finland are not in NATO. And thus, there is no obligation under the articles of NATO for NATO nations to defend them. But if these countries want them inducted, maybe a good reason to do so. Now, there are a lot of fears from a lot of people that this conflict will ultimately just result in the collapse of infrastructure. Energy prices will go through the roof. The Internet will be shut down. Yeah. Look, it doesn't matter what the intention of the war is. There's conspiracy theories abound. What matters is war will make your life worse. It will take the lives of more people than you can count. It will bring upon you horrors you wish you have never experienced, and it will make life for you worse no matter where you are. You could be in rural Oklahoma and one day you come out and you got $6 a gallon gas. Now, of course, there's a lot to blame Joe Biden for. He's halting natural gas and oil leases right now because of climate costs at a time when we're going to be facing an energy crisis over the war in Europe. But this will affect everybody. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late. 
you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com carlson and save 20% today. Now, whether or not Russia can wage this war will depend on whether or not they can defend themselves. The Daily Mail reports Ukraine says it has inflicted one of Russia's heaviest ever day of losses with more than 1,000 casualties. Putin's losses now stand at 2,800 troops, 80 tanks, and 516 armored vehicles as fight back continues. Ukrainian forces claimed on Friday to have destroyed part of an airfield in South Russia in a missile strike on Friday. Now that right there, I believe, is the most important story. Please don't bury the lead. The lead being Ukraine is claiming they have issued a direct attack on Russian territory. Something maybe Russia wasn't prepared for. Maybe they were. Certainly would imagine they would have expected someone to be attacking them. Now, there's also questions whether or not these numbers are accurate. What you you need to watch out for is propaganda. Ukraine wants to bolster morale. So the media you're going to see as someone in the West is that the Ukrainian forces are waging tremendous victories against Russia. Still, we're hearing from uh, NATO officials, U.S. officials, that Ukraine will fall to Russia despite the heavy losses faced by Vladimir Putin's forces, by Russian forces. Don't know for sure, but the propaganda is there. You're going to have to sift through that. It won't be so easy. Russian officials have made similar claims that Moscow has captured more than 160 troops, destroyed 74 Ukraine military ground facilities, downed five fighter jets and one helicopter, and destroyed 18 tanks and other armored vehicles. Meanwhile, Ukrainian forces earlier today claimed to have hit an airfield in Milorovo in Rostov, southern Russia, destroying at least one, one of Moscow's Su-30 SM fighter jets. Footage posted online purported to show the tail end of a missile strike on the, on the Russian military airbase around 10 a.m. local time, with several buildings on the site engulfed in flames. There were also viral videos claiming to show Russian aircraft in Russia being downed. Did they plan for this? Maybe. Look, I think they've been planning this for some time. Now, there may be evidence. In this video on YouTube, eerie war prediction for 22 February 2022. This is Zirinovsky. Uh, this is a Russian, they say V. V. of the LDPR party. Back in December, he said that to, to mark your calendars for February 22nd at 4 a.m., He goes on to say, I would have liked for 2022 to be a peaceful year, but I prefer the truth. I've spoken the truth for 75 years. I had a Ukrainian friend send me this, saying that many people overlooked that this man said the war would begin in February. In fact, there's a viral video of Mr. Alex Jones back in October. He's saying there will be a great war in February. It seems this has been planned out for some time. It doesn't mean that Russia will win. I want to make sure I make that very clear. It doesn't mean World War III is coming. In fact, it may mean Russia knows they can't win. I don't know. 
or it can mean they, they've prepared for these, these circumstances. In a tweet from Emma Burroughs, news editor for ITV, ITN London, I have been given a copy of a document issued today by, Russian, by the Russian Ministry of Health. It indicates Russia is anticipating a massive medical emergency and has ordered health organizations to immediately identify medical staff ready to relocate and work. The document from Russian Ministry of Health is signed by Deputy Health Minister and dated today, 25 February. It asks medical organizations to be ready to, prompt, to be promptly involved in activities aimed at saving lives and preserving the health of people in Russia. Russian medical institutions have been ordered by health ministry to send a list no letter than 1800 to deputy minister of uh, deputy health minister of medical specialists and medical workers indicating their full name place of work positions and contact details the document from the russian ministry of health makes it clear these medics will be deployed elsewhere as reimbursement of travel and accommodation expenses as well as payment of labor is expected from funds from the Federal Center of Medical Disasters. The letter has a long list of medics it is looking for. Trauma, heart, maxillofacial, and pediatric surgeons, anesthetists, radiologists, nurses, including for operating room, and infectious disease specialists. Document from the Ministry of Health shows Russia is clearly preparing for a major medical event where doctors have to be drafted from across the country. Letter is signed by Deputy Health Minister Plutnitsky. The order from Russian Ministry of Health has been issued as Russian forces attempt to advance on Kiev and other cities in Ukraine. I understand doctors were gathered together yesterday and told to get ready. Today, the document from the Russian Health Ministry arrived. I am told this is highly unusual and almost unprecedented. A Ukrainian military official has just told me this document could indicate medics are being drafted to assist with casualties from Russia's invasion in Ukraine. The official said one reading of the document is that Russia did not expect a level of resistance from Ukraine. This would tally with reports from a senior U.S. defense official who said today, quote, there is greater resistance by Ukrainians than the Russians expected and that Russia is not moving on Kiev as fast as they anticipated and that Russia may have lost a little bit of their momentum. That could be could be good news if Russia doesn't have the capabilities to move beyond this. This could be over faster than anyone realizes, which would be fantastic. The loss of life, not so much. The injuries, not so much. But I, I, I would say at this point, considering the war is here, Russia quickly losing and backing off would be a good thing. From Conflict News, German finance minister says Berlin is open to cutting Russia from SWIFT. Previously, Germany had opposed such action. And now we're hearing an update. Italy also now supports the expulsion of Russia from SWIFT. This, my friends, is one of the scariest things, in my opinion. Russia is tethered to the rest of the world through the international payment system. If you cut them off, you are telling them they are unleashed and have nothing left to lose. All the more reason for Russia to say nuclear weapons Let's roll with it. We will not be destroyed. There's a question you need to ask yourself about the mentality of Vladimir Putin. Will he be one to bend the knee to the West and say, my liege, what shall you have me do? Of course not. Russia's powerful, not as powerful as they used to be, but powerful enough to say, 
we, a once great empire, will not bow to you. Do you think Vladimir Putin is the kind of man to say, I give up? I don't think so. I think he's the kind of man to say, if you try me, I will end you, even if it means ending myself. That's just my opinion. Just the opinion of one guy. I could be wrong. But we do have this story from just the other day, the national interest. The time for Swedish ambiguity on Russia has passed. It is time for Sweden to rediscover its mojo and abandon the pretense of neutrality in times of peril. It is time for Sweden to join NATO. They say, now that we know beyond a reasonable doubt that even the most severe economic sanctions will not deter Vladimir Putin's aggression, it is time to take more serious retaliation into consideration. Russia's invasion of eastern Ukraine is a brazen violation of international norms. And I'll just stop there and say the, the invasion of the entire country. And they go on to say that Sweden is one of America's most steadfast partners. And of course, that's they should join up. Here's a story from CNBC. Russia threatens Finland to stay out of NATO. Now, this is similar to the story we saw from Newsweek, but there's an interesting point here at the end. Quote, Finland is not currently facing an immediate military threat, but it is also now clear the debate on NATO membership in Finland will change. This is the Prime Minister Sana Marin, Prime Minister of Finland. On Friday, Finland and Sweden joined a call of all of the NATO members heads of state. And this is why Russia issued these threats, because Finland and Sweden are effectively saying we're with NATO. Let's take a look at the border. So I can help many of you who may not be familiar understand what this means. As you can see, here's Russia. To the southeast here in Europe, you, obviously you have Georgia down in, in the south, but Ukraine borders Russia, as does Belarus, Latvia, Estonia, and to the north, Finland. Russia is massive. They control a massive amount of territory. Well, of course, Finland, being just northwest, uh, west and you know north of Russia, they're sitting on the border. The potential for real war there exists. But hold on. What about Sweden? The Baltic Sea separates Russia from Sweden. Well, of course, there's St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg grants Russia access to the Gulf of Finland and then to the Baltic Sea. But you also need to be worried about Kaliningrad. I've mentioned this before, and I think people need to understand how important it is. A heavily militarized area of Russia that sits west of Lithuania, West, uh, sort of west of Belarus, you know, Belarus isn't directly bordering Kaliningrad, but then also north of Poland. This grants direct access to the Baltic Sea for Russia and brings it very close to Swedish territory, so much so that Sweden is actually worried about it. In a report from France 24 on January 25th, the Russians are coming. Sweden on edge as Russia flexes military muscle. They report... Not long after Russia began its massive troop buildup along Ukraine's border, several Russian amphibious warfare ships briefly moved into Baltic Sea waters, some of them coming uncomfortably close to Sweden. That and a series of recent drone flights of unknown origin over the country's nuclear power plants has put Sweden on edge, reawakening longstanding fears of a possible Russian incursion. Let me break this down for you. I want to believe there will not be World War III. I want to believe that even if Russia decides to strike Finland and Sweden, it won't grow beyond Eastern Europe or Northern Europe. I don't know if that's naive. Mystery drones flying over Sweden's nuclear power plants? Could it be Russia? We don't know. 
But if there was an eerie prediction of Russia starting a war in Ukraine back in December or Alex Jones saying it in October, could it be that Vladimir Putin has already aligned all of his pieces? And as the teachings of Sun Tzu say, he won the war before it even began. I, I, that's that's the idea. You want to win the war before you start it. You want to know exactly what the what the moves will be and how you can handle it. And that means reconnaissance. Is that what these drones are about? France 24 reports. Around the same time, Swedish police received several reports of particularly large drones flying over Sweden's three nuclear power plants. Oscar Scham, is that, I, hope, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Recalls and Forsmark, as well as over at least two airports, the Greater Stockholm area and the Royal Family Palace in Drottningholm. The origins of these drones have not been identified. On January 17th, the Swedish intelligence agency announced it had taken over the investigation. The incidents, incidents have made Sweden nervous. In the past few weeks, speculation has been running high about what a potential threat from Russia might mean for this small country of 10 million people. While some newspapers have been discussing how long Sweden's defense could hold out in the event of a Russian attack, others have analyzed the underlying reasons for why Sweden might be an interesting military target. Some media have also hosted live chats in which defense experts have taken questions from worried members of the public about the increasingly tense security situation in the region. On Monday, this is back in January, mind you, Sweden's foreign minister Anne Lind and her Finnish counterpart Pekka Havisto, whose country is not a NATO member either, demonstrated this point by meeting with NATO Security General Jens Stoltenberg in Brussels for dialogue on their deepening partnership. Could this be why Russia is moving now? They saw it coming. Euronews reports as Russia flexes its muscles in the Baltic, Sweden prepares for the worst. This was January 19th before that other report. They say in the farm outbuildings of Gotland, a Swedish rapid reaction force of 150 military personnel is settling in on the largest island in the Baltic Sea. Sweden has been taking these actions. They have been gearing up to prepare for a, for a conflict, not just in Ukraine. It seems that everybody is now worried and has been worried that Russia was going to do more than anyone predicted. The Financial Times reports Baltic states appeal for NATO help after Russia's assault on Ukraine. Ex-Soviet nations that are members of the military alliance are particularly vulnerable. And I bring you back now to this uh, the, to the Google map showing Kaliningrad and these Baltic states. I want to make sure you see this. And I want to read a little bit here. Lithuania on Thursday announced a state of emergency in response to Russia's assault on Ukraine, while Latvia and Estonia convened urgent national security talks. It's interesting. People keep saying this. If, if even Tulsi Gabbard, if Ukraine just pledges not to join NATO, the invasion would not have happened. I think it's, a, it's an incorrect argument. Vladimir Putin saying, I will not tolerate Ukraine as a NATO nation pressing on our borders. Uh, what about Latvia and Estonia? What about Lithuania? I mean, they're, they're, the, the, they're member states of NATO on your borders. It doesn't make sense, does it? Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. These are, these are uh, Baltic states appealing to NATO. They have called for NATO to reinforce its presence on their territories as the alliance for the first for the first time, activated its rapid response force of thousands of troops to bolster its eastern flank. They say the Baltic states, which were illegally annexed by Moscow after the Second World War, 
And the only former Soviet nations that have joined the EU and NATO, something Russia has long viewed as provocation. So Belarus, well, they seem to be more in alignment with Russia, but that's bad news for everybody. There are around, I believe, 30,000 Russian troops in Belarus. The troops moved through Belarus into Ukraine. Belarus apparently has denied involvement. But if Belarus does side with Russia, then Lithuania, Latvia, Ukraine from the south and Poland to the west are all, they're all in serious danger. And, and you, and you got to imagine if you're Lithuania, you've got Kaliningrad to your southwest. You've got Belarus to your th- southeast. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com danger awaits. So I wonder where this goes. Swedish defense minister is looking at measures to help Ukraine. Apparently, they're already providing that support. The Kremlin says Russia will impose retaliatory sanctions on the West. But does this escalate beyond Eastern Europe? Does this become World War Three? The New York Times reports. U.S. officials repeatedly urged China to help avert war in Ukraine. Americans presented Chinese officials with intelligence on Russia's troop buildup in hopes that President Xi Jinping would step in, but were repeatedly rebuffed. And there you go. Over three months, senior Biden administration officials held half a dozen urgent meetings with top Chinese officials in which the Americans presented intelligence showing Russia's troop buildup around Ukraine and beseeched the Chinese to tell Russia not to invade. Each time, the Chinese officials, including the foreign minister and the ambassador to the U.S., rebuffed the Americans, saying they did not think an invasion was in the works. That's a lie. We all knew it. And I got to say, I was wrong about it. But certainly the U.S. had been saying it was going to happen, and I didn't believe them. And I, I own up to being wrong on that one. I said it was like Chicken Little at this point. To be fair to myself, right? I want to own up when I'm wrong. But I did tweet, you know, uh, maybe even like a, it was like a week ago before the invasion, Invading right now does make sense. You know, Joe Biden is the opportunity for Vladimir Putin. Does the U.S. know that? I think so. Russia was building up its forces. They know Joe Biden was too weak. They know we are viewed as too weak. They know that we could do only so much. And so they appeal to China. But China is not going to help us. They want Taiwan and we're blocking them. Russia doesn't care about it. Russia will, will say, sure, China, you help me. I got your back. They say the previously unreported talks between American and Chinese officials show how the Biden administration tried to use intelligence findings and diplomacy to persuade a superpower it views as a growing adversary to stop the invasion of Ukraine. This is scary stuff. It shows the U.S. knew they could not do anything about Vladimir Putin. And with China coming out and saying, no, 
It shows we had no position of power. It shows the U.S. has faltered from the world stage. Where does that bring us, man? I don't know. Maybe not World War III. Maybe the U.S. just does nothing. Maybe we do ban Russia from the swift financial system. And instead of going off the rails, Russia laughs. For the past 10 years or longer, Russia and China have been dumping U.S. dollars and seeking to get off the petrodollar. Perhaps they've been preparing for this. Perhaps they're planning to use Bitcoin as their international financial system. I am of the opinion Bitcoin is going to explode in value. If Russia gets banned from the SWIFT financial system, this is the system by which international banking is done. Do you think Russia just says, I I guess we can't trade anymore? Or do you think Russia says, how can we transact on a ledger that is not controlled by NATO or the West? Bitcoin. And Russia probably already is seeking to buy up as much as they can. Now get this. Many have said, no, it won't be, Tim, because China has repeatedly tried banning Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies. Here's what I think. China comes out and they say, oh, we're going to ban this, that or otherwise. The price of Bitcoin tanks because regular people panic and sell. The Chinese government then buys it up. They buy up as much as they can. They want to manipulate and then control this system. And I think that's what they've been doing. It would not be difficult to use Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency, so long as it's sufficiently decentralized, as the underlying framework for international transactions. In fact, we see it in El Salvador. The country has already implemented Bitcoin as their national currency. People are now trading in Bitcoin and they seem to be doing very, very well with it. It's interesting, isn't it? This could be the end of the American empire. It could be the end of the central banks. It could be the end of the Federal Reserve. It could be the end of the International Monetary Fund. It could be the end of the Davos Group, the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset. Not because of Russia engaging in war, which I think is absolutely wrong. But because of the war, the West plays a hand they are not strong enough to use, to pull off. That by threatening Russia, China could come out and be like, don't worry, Russia, we'll stop using SWIFT. These other countries could just be like, we're out. Now, SWIFT doesn't handle everything. And there's a lot. Bitcoin could displace it. And then those in the US and other countries who are holding Bitcoin will instantly become millionaires, maybe billionaires overnight, depending on how many you hold. It's already happened before. It could happen again. I'm not telling you what to do. It's not a financial advice. I'll tell you what I did. I bought a lot of Bitcoin. That's right. I bought, I bought a lot. Yeah, And, I, and I'm going to track all my taxes and everything on it like normal. I'm worried about the U.S. dollar. I'm worried about inflation. I'm worried about the price of oil and gas. And I would not be surprised to find that come six months time, the U.S. dollar is worthless. Six months may be a bold predicament. I mean, a bold prediction. But when I say worthless too, also hyperbole, I mean the values dropping. If gas skyrockets because of this conflict, everything else is going to go up around it. There will be a financial crisis that you are probably not prepared for, that you would not believe. So I, I don't know. Look, I'm, I'm, I can't see the future. I didn't think Russia was going to invade. I was wrong. I can't tell you if there will be World War Three. Maybe it's just people talking crap, blowing smokes, just trying to freak people out, trying to bolster their investments or trying to scare you into siding with uh, Ukraine, trying to get you to support a U.S. invasion. I don't know. 
I really don't. But I think it would be wise of you to start paying attention and making plans for the worst. Because while this could be a big nothing burger, I think it's already a something burger. And I think you would be wise to have emergency food, emergency water, radios. Go to Walmart, pick up just regular radios. Because if the cell lines infrastructure goes down and you want to talk to someone who's nearby, get a radio, man. You give it to your significant other, your friends, your family, and you can talk. Be prepared for, for power sources. Buy backup batteries. You know, let, let, let people mock you and call you a prepper. Russia has invaded Ukraine. The most serious ground war in Europe we've seen since World War II. Why should we believe it'll stop here? I don't know. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. tonight over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. A video of Alex Jones is going viral. In this video, he accurately predicts there would be a massive war in February. So this is from October of last year. He recorded this video and he says that this is the buildup just like pre-World War I, pre-World War II. Right now, we are being inundated with psychotic propaganda. It's everywhere. For me, it's really, really frustrating. I'm quite annoyed by it. You know, I don't mind feel-good stories, you know, trying to get people's hopes up and inspire them and boost morale, especially in times of great conflict. But what I can't stand is low-tier garbage manipulation and propaganda. And that's a lot of what we're getting. They tell us that Alex Jones is a madman. I think it's fair to say a lot of people point out when you throw a, a, a whole bucket of spaghetti at the wall, some of the things will stick. But I think it's kind of uh, worrying that Alex Jones said this in October of last year. I wonder what else the man knows, and I wonder who told him this. I want to play for you this clip, and then I want to talk to you about information manipulation, how it pertains to the banning and censorship of Alex Jones, and how it pertains to how they are trying to manipulate you right now into supporting war. Check out this clip. This is, this is amazing stuff. But we're looking at a giant war in February right now. Currently, that's the projections with the top people on the earth who claim they're not with uh, the New World Order Combine. It is war in February. And th this is the type of time, like right before World War One, right before World War Two, when everything kicks off. I have questions. Who told Alex Jones that there would be a war, a big war in February? The war was initiated by Vladimir Putin. Is there someone who knows what Putin's plans are that told Alex Jones and Alex Jones told the military or didn't say anything? I don't know. I don't know. I will say we were, we were getting inundated with news stories that Russia was going to invade, that it was imminent. And Russia did invade. Even Russia says Russia invaded. But let me tell you, let me tell you about propaganda. Right now, the most annoying thing to me is if you go to Reddit and just, just go to Reddit. I wake up, you know, I read Reddit and I understand Reddit is basically mostly propaganda, but you have a whole bunch of posts. Let me show you one that I think is really interesting. A message as simple as two bricks. It reads from r slash Lego. And it is Legos pushed together in the uh, colors of the Ukrainian flag. There are endless stories about Ukraine. Tr look, look at this. Trump, who was impeached for withholding nearly $400 in military aid from Ukraine, said this deadly Ukraine situation would have never happened if he were in office. It is anti-Trump propaganda. It is anti-Russia propaganda. Now, look, I don't like Vladimir Putin. I think the dude's off his rocker for the most part. 
I think he's 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 got some valid points, but I think invading Ukraine is insane. I understand he has criticisms about what's been going on in Ukraine. And you can you can argue the U.S. and NATO are not playing fair when it comes to negotiating. The way I see it, Russia is powerful. Russia wants to negotiate and they want things. They want to expand. Vladimir Putin wants to bring back the power of Russia. It ain't going to happen. The U.S. and NATO are more powerful. And so Russia keeps getting pushed down and pushed down. So what does he do? He buddies up with China. China wants Taiwan. Much the same. The U.S. does not have the power it once had. So propaganda is pouring out. Vladimir Putin knows this and sees an opportunity. China sees an opportunity. I think war is wrong. But Vladimir Putin's not going to sit back and let the U.S. and NATO bully him. And, and, and you know, what's funny is, you know, Cenk Uger had this tweet. We, we covered it yesterday <clears throat> where he's like, you know, the right likes Vladimir Putin because he's a white guy. And it's ridiculous because Biden's a white guy, too. And then he posts this story about Tucker Carlson. And he says, Cenk was right because Tucker accurately points out the perspective of Russia. Let me tell you, in a viral video, Joe Biden is bragging that he manipulated the Ukrainian political administration, the presidency, the firing of a prosecutor by threatening to withhold aid. He's on video saying it. So I can't stand the propaganda. Now, there's probably some context there. You can argue that Joe Biden's position is right or Joe Joe Biden's position was wrong. The argument from the establishment is that the prosecutor was not doing his job. But when you take a look at independent reporting and investigation, Victor Shokin, the prosecutor who got fired by Joe Biden, was doing his job. And that that involved investigating Burisma, where his son worked. Now, I'll tell you what was really happening. The U.S. is using subversive and underhanded tactics to gain favor in Ukraine and gain control. So that Ukraine sides with EU, with the EU and NATO. I don't blame the U.S. for wanting to to expand its sphere of influence. That's what countries do. Vladimir Putin did not want that and refused to stand for it. When Vladimir Putin realized he lost and it's been going on for years, what happens? He invades. Now, now, uh, why is it that Vladimir Putin did not invade Ukraine while Trump was president? Reportedly, and take it or not, this could be propaganda as well. Trump threatened Putin that he would bomb Moscow. And Putin said, no way. And then Trump was like, yes. I don't know if that's true. I think Trump was saying something like that. But it sounds like Trump. And it sounds like everything they claimed about Trump, that he was a psychotic fascist. Okay. Well, Ukraine didn't get invaded by Russia. All of this goes back to U.S. interests with natural gas and getting energy into Europe. And I've talked about it quite some time. The Qatar Turkey pipeline, Syria, it all boils down to this. And they need propaganda and they need censorship to make sure their narrative persists. Which brings me back to our good friend, Alex Jones. I've had Alex, Alex on the show before. I think he's a good dude. I think he gets a lot of things wrong. I think he believes some weird, crazy stuff. But there's a reason why they had to censor him. And it's this. Alex Jones actually came out on his show and said last October there would be war in February. He was right. That shatters the narrative. It pierces through. I'm not saying Alex Jones represents the bastion of real journalism or great historical journalism. The fact is the guy's a pundit. 
He gets things right. And he, he slashes through the establishment narrative. And that's, the, that, that's a big, big issue for the establishment. But on the internet, people were able to produce content that resulted in a Donald Trump presidency. I wonder about Ron DeSantis. I really do. Too good to be true. A lot of people are saying he's better than Trump, and I think he is. And there's a lot of people who fear that he's just going to be another establishment player who's trying to pander to the populist right to try and recapture that energy and get it back into the fold. Maybe. Maybe Russia really is sowing propaganda and they're propping up, you know, anti-establishment voices. I mean, RT literally hires activists. But when I, when I visited RT offices in Sputnik, it's a bunch of Democrats. But I guess a lot of these people were pro-Black Lives Matter and were anti-establishment. I suppose what the Democrats and the establishment thought they could, they could capture and wield that power of BLM. I don't know. Let me tell you about propaganda and censorship. They needed to shut down Alex Jones because of things like this. And now we have this story from the Daily Mail. Hacking Collective Anonymous declares cyber war against Vladimir Putin's government before announcing they have taken down website of Kremlin-backed TV channel RT. I call BS. Anonymous, I, 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 don't, I don't buy it. I really don't. And it's because anonymous literally means what it means, anonymous. It means a random person did this or a random group did this. And it's not a hacking collective. That's always been a big mistake in the media. How do I know? I know a lot of people that were involved with anonymous hacktivism. And this is, you go to these hacker spaces and you ask them, what is anonymous? And they'll be like, it means literally what it means. It's like saying John Doe or Jane Doe. It's not a group. It's not a collective. When, an, when, when, when someone says, you know, he sends you a letter and it says, I love you, signed anonymous. It's not a group of secret individuals wearing masks who sent you that letter. It's a single person who didn't put their name. I'll tell you what I think this is. Shutting down RT. Yeah, RT is actually down. You try to go to RT and this is what you get. The webpage at RT, Russia, Kremlin presents demands Kiev has been temporarily moved or, you know, permanently taken down. You Google search RT news, you can still see the headlines. You can see a lot of the stories, some of which aren't coming out. Here's one. Russia has no plans to take over Ukraine, Putin. Yeah, I'm going to call BS on that completely. But of course, that's the Russian perspective. Anonymous declares war on Russia. You have Russia ready to negotiate with Kremlin. But RT is down. I cannot go there and read this. Why would the hacking collective Anonymous favor censorship? Because they're establishment stooges who believe in censorship? Yeah. Here's my bet. You want to ask me what I think's going on? Let's call this a letter of Mark. I said this, was ha- this, exa- this is exactly what would happen. I've talked about this for years. Back in the days of old, the colonial era, and war between uh, war in Europe and the colonies, there was such a thing called a letter of mark, where privateers, privately owned warships, in fact, many, oftentimes pirates, would be granted a signed letter of mark from the crown of whatever country they uh, would, would represent. The king of England would say, I want you to go and destroy French ships. And here is a letter of mark. If you are captured by our side, present this letter, you'll carry on your way. Then when these privateers or corsairs would attack the French ships, the crown, the, the, the British crown would say, oh, heavens, it's just pirates. These, oh, shake our fists at those pirates. 
we would never attack you, France, because they didn't want overt declarations of war. This is what I think is happening now. The U.S. presented plans to Joe Biden about shutting down the media from Russia, their internet and their trains. And then the next day it happens. It's exactly what I said was going to happen. It would be a third party doing this action. And then the U.S. would disavow and be like, oh, it's it's the hackers. Woof. We have nothing to do with it. Shouldn't we be able to read what Russia has to say? Shouldn't we, a free people, be allowed to see what Russia is talking about? The censors think not. Any free people has a right to read news from other countries. We talk about North Korea shutting down the internet. We talk about Turkey shutting down the internet. We condemn it. We talk about how people in China don't know anything about Tiananmen Square. Shouldn't people in the United States who claim to support these values be able to read RT? Yes. And Sputnik. So who are these hacker anonymists? Hackers who are just absolutely in support of the U.S. establishment. Of course, it's possible. There actually are hackers who don't like that Vladimir Putin is lying and pushing propaganda. But that's it's psychotic. You know why? I'll tell you why it's psychotic. Anonymous hackers. I, I, I hung out a great deal with hackers growing up. I had a lot of friends who were deeply involved with uh, hacktivism. There was an interesting thing that happened in the uh, early 2010s with the Arab Spring. Anonymous would engage in something called Operation Black Facts. Black Facts is when they would spam fax machines in a target country so that they would all print out just full black sheets of paper. The goal was to run their machines dry and cause damage to some infrastructure. There's a group called Telecomics. They did an operation called White Facts. They actually asked Anonymous to stop doing this. What they would do with their uh, fax attack is to send vital information to, to civilians on how to survive, how to keep the lines of communication flowing. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. As much as they, uh, Anonymous and Telecomics, were aligned in opposition to despots in these regimes, Anonymous was often trying to jam up and shut down communications through distributed denial of service attacks and things like Operation Blackfacts, whereas Telecomics was trying to create lines of communication so that people could share information and let us know what's happening. I actually know a lot of people who were involved in the IRC, the, the, the chats for telecomics, and they upheld values of free speech and data love, as it were. Anonymous seems to be more chaotic and destructive. And that's fine in, in a certain sense. It's not all bad. If there really are hackers who are going up against Putin, I get it. I really do. Don't like the guy. I think what he's doing is wrong. Absolutely. Regardless of the politics around why he decided he should do it. If you lose, you lose. Killing people and storming in is just wrong. Now, I wonder, though, do we have the appropriate perspective from Russia on what they're doing? Do we understand why they're doing it? Perhaps we can say that Vladimir Putin is a madman who wants to take more than Ukraine. 
Certainly, there are news reports who suggest just uh, just that, that he will not be satisfied with Ukraine, that he wants to rebuild the Soviet Union. I don't I, I think that's actually true to a certain degree. I don't know how insane the man is. He's nearing 70 years old. But the report was that he, you know, everything was just he's going to uh, from the from the Russian side, just just move in to the eastern region, the Donbass region to secure the independent states. And then what happened? Full scale invasion. Sorry, I don't think Putin is telling the truth. I think that's very clear. But there is still a way, my friends, to view Russia today. If you want to get that perspective from Russia to break through the propaganda. You go to actualidad.rt.com. I do think it's fascinating that rt.com is down, but a subdomain is up. It is what it is. This is the Spanish language version of RT, and you, you need only then run it through a, a Google Translate, and you can see what they're saying. Truth be told, it's not too dissimilar to what we're hearing. Russia closes airspace to British aircraft. That's interesting. We often hear that uh, we've heard the story about Aeroflot banning Russian aircraft, but Russia has done the same. Putin is ready to send a Russian delegation to Minsk to negotiate with Ukrainian side. Zelensky proposes to Putin to sit at the negotiating table to prevent the death of people. What is happening after the start of Russia's military operation in Ukraine? They don't call it an invasion. They call it a Russian military operation. Then we have this story that I think is interesting. This is what Russia is telling its people. Lavrov, no one is going to occupy Ukraine. The objectives of the operation are demilitarization and denazification. It is true that there are uh, white supremacist groups in Ukraine. Vice covered it. Guardian covered it. Certainly, I think Putin is exploiting this to claim, see, look, uh, America, we're going after the Nazis. No, I think I think Vladimir Putin doesn't like that he's lost the influence war in Ukraine. So he's decided, I'm not going to play anymore. I'm taking it by force. I'm not a fan. If you lose, you lose. War is not the answer. Russia has been conducting a military operation in Ukraine since early Thursday morning. And I'll give you the gist of what they're saying, because, you know, we had to break through the the propaganda to get to this point. I don't think they're telling the truth. Again, I'll say it. But they certainly have their perspective. Lavrov says, do the democracies that you support accept the prohibition of a language spoken by a large number of people and education in that language? He's talking about in the Donbass region saying that the people who live there aren't allowed to uh, to speak Russian, or at least that's the that, that's what I believe he's trying to convey. He says that the, that Kiev is carrying out a genocide in the Donbass region and criticized Ukraine's language policy, which he says violates the rights of Russian speaking Ukrainians. After a reply from a correspondent who asked him not to use euphemisms and maintained that it is not a special military operation, but rather a large scale military conquest, Lavrov asserted no one is going to occupy Ukraine. Then, gee, good sir, what are you doing right now? The, the idea is that because they're going to be leaving at a certain point, it's not an occupation. No, you're going in with military force. You're taking over different areas of the country. Sounds to me like you'll occupy it, if only for a little bit. So there is no euphemism. We want the Ukrainian people to be able to define the future. The objectives of the operation were openly declared demilitarization and denazification. Now, I got to be honest. This is propaganda from Russia. It's exactly what RT is. It's RT's state media. But you, you, you expect me to believe the propaganda coming out of the West? No, it's all trash. I have, I have talked to enough people. I have read enough 
And I think I have a general understanding of what's happening. I understand why Vladimir Putin is mad and why he wants to move in. I'm not entirely convinced he's going to try and conquer all of Eastern Europe and reform the Soviet Union. But this is a guy who's losing and he decided to use military force to win. A lot of stories are coming out. Let me show you this one. Who is the ghost of Kiev? Badass Ukrainian pilot hailed for shooting down six Russian jets. Feel good stories are dominating social media. The ghost of Kiev. It's a cool story. It's a fighter pilot who's reportedly been flying around and he downed six aircraft. They're saying the first ace fighter pilot since World War II. And how do I know any of that is true? It's just a picture of a fighter, a fighter jet. Propaganda. Now, it's cool, cool stories. It may be true. Get us some verification. But you know what you got you to gotta watch out for? Of course, the West will come out with all of these feel-good stories. Here's another one. Snake Island. Soldiers defiant last words as Russian warships target Snake Island. Apparently, a Russian warship came out and said, this is a military warship. This is a Russian military warship. I suggest you lay down your weapons and surrender to avoid bloodshed and needless casualties. Otherwise, you will be bombed. A Ukrainian soldier's response, Russian warship, go F yourself. Those are the final known words heard from the island. All 13 Ukrainian defenders were killed in a Russian bombardment Thursday. All border guards died heroically, but did not give up. They will be awarded the title of hero of Ukraine posthumously, Zelensky said. Now, these stories could be true for sure. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying, be aware that Russia is going to come out with their stories. The West will come out with their stories. You're going to see more and more videos from the West showing people cheering in the streets. There's a video of a woman going up to a Russian soldier and saying, put sunflower seeds in your pocket so when you die, flowers will bloom. And everyone's like, yeah. Listen, I don't mind these stories. I don't, I don't mind people trying to rally against a Russian invasion. I totally get it. What I want is accurate information as to what's happening. This is propaganda. Look for it. Understand it. So you can try and better understand why the fighting is happening. I don't like Russia. I don't like what they've done. I don't like what they're doing. I don't like them. They're siding with China. I certainly understand they have their grievances. I get it. They've lost this one. Going into Ukraine is wrong. It's absolutely wrong. It's destructive and it's infuriating. But you got to understand, if you want to have an accurate view of the world, you need to understand shutting down news, publishing endless propaganda infuriates me. More so than anything. You know, what, you know what makes me mad, though, is war, to be completely honest. I get it. I, I really, really do. But it's just so annoying to see these war hawk warmongers going on social media and screaming that we should be going to war. Is Ukraine our territory? No. So when the U.S. comes out with plans for direct attacks on Russian infrastructure, I say, that's war. That's going to lead us to World War III, you nuts. Russia's threatening action against the West if they interfere. You've got NATO uh, and U.S. Uh, forces saying boot them from SWIFT, the international payment system. Or how about we do this? We back off. See, here's the issue. The U.S. used influence campaigns to gain control of the Ukrainian government. Joe Biden bragged about doing it. They said, here's a billion dollars. Do as we tell you and put in the people we want. And they said, OK. There was the, the uh, revolution, the coup d'etat, whatever, whichever side you want to believe, in 2014 that ousted the actual president from Ukraine. Russia then says, you're going to play dirty games. I'm going in. And the U.S. says, you can't go in. That's against the rules. That's war. I prefer um, the United States, you know, especially 
because I live here. But um, war is war, man. So if you like the luxuries you have, side with the U.S. Regardless, if you don't mind giving up luxuries because you think war is bad, then stand up for what you think is right and condemn the war. But the reality is what Joe Biden is doing it with war in, 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 in Ukraine, it's going to greatly benefit people in, in, uh, in Europe and the EU. But you know what? You know what? You want me to come to your defense? It ain't going to happen. Because the Biden administration is pulling CBP officers off the southern border of Ukraine. Why? I'm sorry, off the southern border of the U.S. for Ukraine. Our border guards are being taken from our border, which is which is in, which is completely destroyed. And they're being sent to you to, to Poland for this war effort. Don't buy the propaganda. Decide for yourself what matters. The Democratic establishment are crackpot lunatics. And they will not have my support. The Ukrainian people will. And Putin is, is wrong. Easy enough to say. Biden is a piece of trash. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. As the conflict rages on in Ukraine, propaganda runs rampant. And many are wondering what would be different if Donald Trump were president. Well, I certainly don't think this war would be happening. I have to be completely honest. I mean, there's a strong possibility we won't know for sure. It's an alternate reality that doesn't exist in our reality. Donald Trump is not president. But take a look at this poll from the Washington Examiner. Six in 10 Democrats feel that defending the Ukraine border tops the U.S. border. This is exemplified by a recent story where Joe Biden, the Biden administration, has asked CBP agents guarding our southern border to go to Poland to process refugees going into Europe. I don't understand why American border agents would be working the borders of Poland. Certainly someone else could do that job. And the joke we made yesterday in IRL was that when, you know, Biden's advisors come in and they're like, we're going to need to process a whole bunch of Ukrainian refugees fleeing into Poland. And he went, oh, 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 no, oh, we're going to have to take our border patrol agents from the southern border with Mexico and send them to Europe. And the advisors are like, uh, no, 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 Mr. President, I mean, anyone can do this job. Oh, geez, I guess I have no choice but to open up the southern border of the United States. And we're like, what? Why? No. These these people do not care about this country. And it's insane. You're supposed to secure your own oxygen mask before securing the mask of those sitting next to you, lest you pass out and help no one. And that's what they tell you on airplanes. Reminds me of that meme where there's like a sign on a park and it says, you know, please don't feed the animals because they'll become dependent. And then everyone's like, does that not apply to social programs in cities? And uh, it's a funny meme. I understand the point of social programs. It's just a funny meme. But now we're seeing the left post like crazy on Twitter, you know, uh, thank, thank heavens it's not Donald Trump who's the president, which is just so crazy to me because Vladimir Putin attacks while Obama's president. Then he doesn't attack while Trump is president. Then he does attack when Biden is president. And I have to wonder if this would never have happened if Donald Trump won the election. Now, there's some really uh, interesting stories emerging. The New York Post is a story where they claim that Donald Trump talking to Vladimir Putin said he would bomb Moscow. And Putin was like, no way. And Trump was like, yep. 
And apparently he said the same thing to Xi Jinping. And I believe it. You can't spend six, five or six years telling me that Donald Trump is a fascist authoritarian dictator. And then when when a story comes out that Trump threatened to bomb the capitals of Russia and China, if they dare go after Ukraine or Taiwan, say that didn't happen. Donald Trump was was passive and submissive and a puppet of Russia. Sorry, if you're going to come out and claim that Donald Trump's a lunatic who was willing to use power to get whatever he wants. I can believe that Donald Trump said this to Vladimir Putin or Xi Jinping. And honestly, outside of the, the BS narrative of Russia and fascism, I believe Trump's the kind of guy who would do this. But let's take a look at the sentiment from Democrats and talk about why it's happening. The examiner says defending Ukraine border tops U.S. border now. Now, why is that? Why do these Democrat voters care more about a country they can't even find on a map than the country that is just below south of where our country is? Because they're mindless zealots who have no idea what's going on in the world. There was a funny poll. It found the more likely someone was to not know where Ukraine was, the more likely they were to support intervention. Amazing, isn't it? Take a look at this story from The Examiner. Voters overwhelmingly grade President Joe Biden's management of the Russia-Ukraine crisis poorly and equally view his handling of foreign policy, the former senator's specialty, a failure. In the latest Rasmussen Rasmussen Report survey on the crisis, 64% rated Biden's handling of the conflict fair to poor. An equal amount said his handling of the national security issues was fair to poor. Rasmussen noted that those rating Biden poor dominated the survey. In it, 49% called Biden's handling of the crisis poor. The polling outfit also asked likely voters about the importance of defending Ukraine against Russia's border crossing to defending the surge of illegal immigrants over the U.S. border. Not surprisingly, a majority, 53%, chose defending the U.S. border. Oh, thank heavens. Thank heavens. But when the parties were broken out, Rasmussen found a huge divide between Democrats and Republicans. While 74% of Republicans and 54% of independents said protecting the U.S. border was more important, 57% of Democrats chose Ukraine's border over the U.S. border. What's more, 67% of self-described liberals chose Ukraine, a place they don't even know where it is. I've been there. I have friends there. I think it's a fantastic country with great food and great people. And I really enjoyed the few months that I spent there covering the, the, the Maidan protests. And I'm sad to see what's happening. It disgusts me. Putin lost this one. Hands down. This is a, the act of a desperate man who's losing it. You don't have to like NATO. You don't have to like Joe Biden to recognize the U.S. played an influence game. We offered money and resources and it worked. Vladimir Putin could not do the same. You, are, you, are you kidding me? If the U.S. is going to come in and say, we're going to give you a billion dollars, Vladimir Putin should have come in and said, we'll give you a billion and one dollars. The issue is Russia doesn't have the influence and they know they lost. By all means, criticize the dirty games. I think Joe Biden is crooked as they come. Threatening to withhold loan guarantees illegally so that he can get a favorable prosecutor in, in my opinion, to protect his, energy, his son's energy company, where he's getting a little cut for the big guy. It's all crooked all the way down. But to act like what Putin is doing is in any way justifiable is insane. Killing people because you've lost an influence battle is, is nuts. Now, if it were Donald Trump, I don't believe this would be happening. You can uh, look for evidence simply in the fact that it did not happen. 
Putin had every reason to go in, same as he does now, when Donald Trump was president, but he had every deterrent. Trump is a madman. Trump's own supporters called him the madman. That was more of like a term of endearment that he was bold, but the left called him a lunatic and the right called him like an aggressive god emperor. Either way, both sides said he was a madman. I love the memes when Trump would do something and they'd be like, the madman has done it. Yeah, Trump was aggressive. I'm going to read you this quote, and I want to read you this story. Quote, if you move against Ukraine while I'm president, I will hit Moscow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I believe it. I genuinely do. I believe Trump said that. Let me read this story. It's from a New York Post opinion piece. Trump talks threatening Putin and mocking Merkel at Mar-a-Lago. They say eager to draw a contrast with Biden. He told two stories relevant to the current crisis. Both involved his fight with NATO members that were not paying their agreed upon share of the common defense. I sent her a white flag, he says of Angela Merkel. She said, what's this? I said, it's a flag of surrender so you don't have to go out and buy a new one. Woo! You, do, this sounds like Trump. He is this boastful braggart. Come on. I mean, maybe this is too much. Maybe this is him being the boastful braggart. He never did this. I, I believe Trump is the kind of guy who would do this. I, I got to be honest. Maybe he didn't. I'm not, I don't know. He also recounted an exchange in Brussels meeting of uh, uh, Brussels meeting <clears throat> of all 28 member NATO countries. where He was pushing for more payments, leading the Austrian leader to ask whether the United States would still defend those countries against a Russian attack if they didn't pay up. No, Trump answered. We will not defend you. There's video of Trump at a table with all of these NATO member countries. And he's saying, why aren't you paying? He's saying, we pay for your defense. And then Germany does this multi-billion dollar energy deal with Russia. But we're paying to defend you from Russia. It makes no sense. Trump's right. And now you see how dependent they are on Russian gas. His answer led to a public uproar that Trump was reneging on the alliance's Article 5 provision, under which an attack on one member is considered an attack on all. In what amounted to a deal, Trump later insisted he was not reneging, and NATO countries ponied up more cash that now totals several hundred billion dollars. Good job, Donald Trump. These people think they can skirt by without paying their fair share, but we, the American taxpayer, have to front that? No, you got to pay your fair share, Europe. I'm, I'm glad to defend Europe. I'm glad to say we have this pact because it's a deterrent in a lot of ways. Not a fan of intervention. But Trump was right. Here we go. Still, eyeing his experience and the current fecklessness against Russia, he said NATO is a paper tiger. There are other stories making the rounds, too. And they're even more provocative. One has it that Trump, noting that Putin seized land from Georgia when George W. Bush was president and seized the Crimean Peninsula when Obama was president, warned Putin against a land grab on his watch. I love this. Quote, if you move against Ukraine while I'm president, I will hit Moscow. Putin reportedly scoffed, no way, leading Trump to say all those beautiful golden turrets will be blown up. I, I, I'm just gonna say it again. I believe it. A similar story involves Chinese President Xi Jinping. It was during his visit to Mar-a-Lago in 2017 when Trump famously interrupted their chocolate cake dessert to declare he had just ordered the U.S. military to fire 59 Tomahawk cruise missiles at a Syrian air defense base after the Syrian government used chemical weapons against rebels and civilians. During that same visit, Trump reportedly told Xi that any military move against Taiwan would be met with an attack on Beijing. Xi, like Putin, is said to have been stunned, though it is possible neither man believed Trump was serious. 
While it is also possible that both accounts are exaggerated, it is a fact that neither man made the moves Trump is said to have warned against. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I believe Donald Trump is the kind of guy who would say that because he's the big ask guy. This is his M.O. He comes out and says, if uh, if you want to build this uh, building you, I, I, or if he says, I, I want to build this wall, it's going to be 30 feet tall from sea to shining sea. And they go, that's insane. We can't afford that. That's ridiculous. And he goes, OK, fine. How about bollard fencing? And then Trump ends up getting a border barrier. Trump's the kind of guy who says, if you want to do the deal, it's going to cost a billion dollars. And they're like, a billion dollars? We can't afford that. That's insane. He goes, okay, fine. 500 million. Okay, okay that's more reasonable. The big ask is a, is a sales technique. Trump is famous for it. You come out, you demand something outrageous, then walk it back to where you really want to be. Did Trump really want to attack Beijing? No, it was a big ask. The, the idea is, I will rain hellfire on your civilian population, which is a psychotic thing to 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 imply. When Trump really is just saying, don't attack. I don't know if Trump really would ever have done this because he was a fairly anti-war guy. But you got to you got to admit, you know, Putin and Xi Jinping didn't make these moves under Trump. I genuinely believe they viewed him as a sporadic actor. He was too unpredictable and aggressive to make a move against and I'll say, I've said it in other segments, was Vladimir Putin or Xi Jinping scared of the man Trump to meet him? No. So when the left posts these photos of Trump and Putin standing next to each other, this is what they're doing now. There's a photo of Biden leaning in to say something to Putin, and it's on Reddit, and they're like, this is what a real leader does when he's standing up to a dictator, Donald Trump. Listen, when Obama was president, Russia took the Crimean Peninsula from Ukraine, and they did nothing. He knows under this administration, he's going to walk right in under Donald Trump. However, you got no idea what to expect. Trump doesn't know what he's doing half the time. He might be like, I don't know what's happening, but Putin invaded Ukraine. So I'm going to mash the buttons. Oh, did I just fire a nuke? I'm, I'm, I'm half kidding. Trump would just be like, not on my watch. I will not be that president. You want to talk about Donald Trump? You want to say he's got an ego? You want to say that uh, uh, Trump was a narcissist? Yeah, I can believe that for sure. Do you think an egotistical narcissist would go would, would would ever allow history to be recorded as him being the president who sat by with the fall of Afghanistan and the fall of Ukraine? You better believe it won't he won't allow that. Trump would have been like fire the nukes and they would have been like sir sir I, I don't okay fine uh, let's let's rain the hellfire missiles on Russia. I I think it's possible that Trump threatened this. I don't know if Trump was the kind of guy who would actually do it, though. It was hard enough to get him to fire cruise missiles at Syria. Apparently, all these like elites were yelling at him to do it, and Trump didn't want to do it, and then he did it, and it was, a, it was the wrong thing to do. Trump's the kind of guy to sell weapons. Sell weapons, sell oil. He's a businessman. Does he want the U.S. involved in a ground war? No. But he will sell you weapons for your war. For better or for worse, criticize the man for everything he should be criticized for. You want to criticize him for saying these things? By all means, please do it and do it with my blessing. Because I'm, I'm not a fan of threatening civilian populations. But how much you want to bet Putin and she were like, do you really think Donald Trump would bomb our civilian capital? And the advisor said, to be honest, the dude's kind of nuts. <laughs> Even if it was a 1% chance, would Joe Biden? Of course not. Joe Biden can barely take action now. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? 
Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Which brings me to the propaganda. Oh, I love the propaganda. Look at this one from CNN. Trump sides with Putin as Biden tries to stop a war. Oh, spare me your lies. They're lying. I love Snopes. Ah, Snopes, you're such full of trash. Yes, Trump called Putin's Ukraine strategy savvy and genius. That's true, he did. He did it. But was he praising them? Not necessarily. This is the fascinating thing about the one-track mind and the, and the, the, the lack of perspicacity which exists among these uh, Democrat activist types. Donald Trump was arguably praising Vladimir Putin's actions in a sort of critical way. He wasn't saying it was good that Putin did this. He wasn't saying that he liked that Putin did this. He said, under my administration, this never would have happened. Why was that omitted from all the stories? Here's what he said. Buck Sexton says, Mr. President, in the last 24 hours, we know Russia has said they are reorganizing. They're recognizing two breakaway regions of Ukraine. And now this White House is stating that this is an invasion. It's a strong word. What went wrong here? What has the current occupant of the Oval Office done that that he could have done differently? Keep in mind, this is before the full scale ground war. I'm seeing these lefties criticize Michael Tracy because when this happened and Putin said he recognized these regions as, as, as independent, the media said it was a full scale invasion. Then Michael Tracy said, how is this an invasion? The left then takes that tweet in the context of the full scale war a day later and then criticizes him saying he was wrong. No, he was right. In this circumstance, Trump is specifically referring to the Donbass region. He says, well, what went wrong was a rigged election. And what went wrong is a candidate that shouldn't be there and a man that has no concept of what he's doing. I'll pause there and say, I think that's a pathetic statement. I do not. uh, I think the election was not. we'll, We'll put it this way. Donald Trump did not lose because of widespread fraud. Donald Trump lost because the Republicans helped change the laws. Read Molly Hemingway's book. I'm, I'm, I just, I can't stand the, 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 the rigged narrative. Donald Trump should recognize that he lost for whatever reason. Believe whatever you want. He's not the president. I certainly don't like Joe Biden. I think Republicans need to improve their ground game. And I think the Republicans sold Trump out. And Trump is harping on this instead of realizing it was more of an et tu brutus moment in 2020 when the Republicans in Pennsylvania passed the uh, passed an, an unconstitutional universal mail-in voting bill. And the courts have such ruled unconstitutional. Trump is busy harping on about a rigged election instead of realizing that there are laws that were changed. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. I think the media played Trump, the Republicans played Trump, and they should all Look at what they've done, because now they have this on their hands, the Biden administration. He says, I went in yesterday and there was a television screen and I said, this is genius. Putin declares a big portion of the Ukraine of Ukraine. Putin declares it as independent. Oh, that's wonderful. So Putin is now saying it's independent, a large section of Ukraine. I said, how smart is that? And he's going to go in and be a peacekeeper. That's the strongest peace force. We could use it on a southern border. That's the strongest peace force I've ever seen. Don't you understand like the sarcasm implied here, a peace force 
That's why Trump keeps saying it. He's implying it's not a peace force. The problem is the left takes his language as literally as possible to frame it the way they want it to be framed. He says there were more army tanks than I've seen. They're going to keep peace. All right. No, but think of it. Here's a like, look what he's they're going to keep peace. All right. Or you can look at they're going to keep peace. All right. There's no comma there. No, but think of it. Here's a guy who's very savvy. I know him very well. By the way, this never would have happened with us. Had I been in office, not even thinkable. This never would have happened. But here's a guy who says, you know, I'm going to declare a big portion of Ukraine independent. He used the word independent. And we're going to go out and we're going to go in and we're going to help keep peace. You got to say that's pretty savvy. And you know what the response was from Biden? There was no response. They didn't have one for that. No, it's very, very sad. Wait a minute. Trump said what happened with Vladimir Putin claiming he's got a peace force and going in was very sad. Sounds like he's critical of the the situation and said, if it were me, this never would have happened. How is that siding with Putin? No, CNN is lying, lying to you because they are insane propagandists desperate to win an election come November. I'm just so sick of the lies and the manipulation. Stop making me defend Trump is the is the is the statement of the the century. Let that let that phrase go down in history as the exemplification of the problems with media. Stop making me defend Donald Trump because I can come out and be like, if that was all he said and the media said that Trump was critical of the Biden regime, I could come out and be like, you know, look, you know, Trump is being critical of Putin, but at the very least, he could be more supportive of the U.S., but I can't even do that now because I'm like, they're lying about the guy. He never sided with Putin. And then you get Snopes. I love it. Snopes saying, correct attribution. Aiding and abetting the lies. But at the very least, I give it to Snopes for having the full transcript there. They say, within that context, it is true that on the eve of the Russian invasion, Trump described Putin as savvy and a genius. As such, we write, we write it correct. Right. But it's almost like these people don't understand language. They're a very dry, literal people. NPC is such a, a an apt term for the seemingly AI-like behavior. It's like trying to talk to your, your robot assistant. I'm not going to say its name because I got one behind me. And it's like, you say something sarcastically, it doesn't know that. You'll be like, oh yeah, play Three Dog Night. And it's like, playing Three Dog Night. And you're like, no, I was being sarcastic. It doesn't know sarcasm. You sarcastically tell it to do something. This is what the Democratic establishment is. They see an opportunity in Trump's manner of speaking to lie, cheat, and steal. Sure. I love this story, though. Trump telling Putin and and Xi he would hit Moscow and Beijing because it's probably why we didn't have these conflicts under Trump because he was a madman. That being said, I would not appreciate a president who would attack a civilian capital over, you know, this conflict. But at the very least, it was a deterrent. No, I don't think Trump wanted war, and I don't know what would have happened, to be honest, because I do feel Trump would have gone uh, figuratively nuclear against Putin, and that would have been a bad thing. You know, Putin going in right now, we don't want intervention. I wouldn't want it under Trump. Strangely, though, it seems like Trump's attitude was a deterrent, the threat of real intervention. It's like a Chinese finger trap. You know, there's no easy answer. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then.